A few months ago, I came across an article that read, the U.S. now has more Spanish speakers than Spain. Only Mexico has more. It went on to say that the U.S. has 41 million native speakers plus 11 million who are bilingual. New Mexico, California, Texas, and Arizona have highest concentrations. Now, as a person who hasn't learned Spanish yet, I had to go find out how can we learn Spanish and also have equity within it. On today's episode, we're going to talk to someone who built a brand all around it. And hopefully you'll pay close attention to the end where you can learn how you can get a piece of the equity of Spanish. I'm DJ Motri of the Black Equity Network, and welcome to the Black Equity Podcast. Listeners, we are here for another great episode of the Black Equity Podcast. I'm extremely excited about this conversation today. Uh, we're going to be able to dive into uh, someone who has actually launched their own brand, their own website around something that was actually a difficulty for me in high school, uh, the, the language of Spanish. Uh, we have Lissandra Fitzgerald on the line. Ms. Fitzgerald, are you there? I'm here. Welcome to the Black Equity Podcast. Whoop, whoop. I'm excited. <laughs> welcome, welcome. <laughs> well, we're excited to have you. Uh, for those who don't know, tell us a little bit about you and then also your company. So I am Lishonda Fitzgerald, and I am the founder of a company called Ready for Spanish. So what Ready for Spanish is today is an online Spanish program for children. I also have an online Spanish program for busy adults because a lot of adults have had um, just some negative experiences with language learning. So I create a program that really just changes that for adults. So that program is called Online Spanish Challenge. 
So I own like this education company around teaching Spanish language. So to both children and to adults. And the way that I got here is just an amazing journey. So I'm excited to tell you guys more about it. Awesome. Awesome. And that's what we're here for. We want to learn about your journey and figure out, you know, as we're on our own journeys, how we can, uh, you know, use the wisdom in today's episode to get there as well. So let's let's dive in. So where did this idea first come to your mind to uh, build a platform around uh, teaching Spanish? Um, so if I'm completely honest, I really got the idea as a child. So like okay. even as a little child before like the Internet was born, I saw this thing that I have today. Or I'm going to say, like, I had a space for it, not knowing exactly what it would be today. So um, when I was a child, I just had, like, a natural yearning to want to learn language. And I'm from a completely Black neighborhood, Black church, Black everything. Um, So there were no opportunities for me to learn Spanish. Like, I knew about it because of Sesame Street. But that was like very limited. And sometimes I would be at the mall and I would hear people, you know, speaking another language. And I just didn't know what that was. So I was just like, not only do I need to like know what that is, but I know that I I just knew that that was going to be a part of my life some kind of way. So that's kind of where it started. And then what, what brings me to here is, over the years, I did develop a skill. I did develop a Spanish skill, and I taught as a public school teacher, and for me, that wasn't it. Like, I'm a natural teacher, but I'm also an entrepreneur, like, to the core. So I knew that I could create a way to do my my own thing, but again, I didn't know what that way was. So sometimes you can just, like, hold space for your idea and let it come to you. So, um, that's, that's, I know it sounds vague, but that's kind of how I got here because you're not going to always know, like, all you really have to know is like what you want and then just continue taking the next steps. So that's kind of how my platform got here. Okay. No worries. I'm going to dive deeper because there's some, there's some things in there, some jewels that we can uh, all learn from. Now you said you're an entrepreneur at the core. Mm-hmm. So, how did you know that? So let's take away Spanish and foreign language. When did you know you were an entrepreneur at CORE? Um, I just I just always knew it. Like, I didn't know what entrepreneurship was because I didn't have any, like, I never even heard the word entrepreneur until I was in the fifth grade. And I remember exactly when it happened. Um, they were having an entrepreneurship fair at my school, at my elementary school. And my teacher asked, she said, um, if any of you have parents that are entrepreneurs, um, raise your hand. And I didn't even know what an entrepreneur was. I had one friend who said that her dad was an entrepreneur and I think he was a carpenter. So I thought an entrepreneur meant a a carpenter. Mm. Like I had never even... (laughs) I never even heard that word before. Right. And there were business owners. Like I knew what a business owner was. Like my grandfather in his own right, like he was a 
a minister, a preacher. And in most Black um, communities at that time, that was kind of the most respected leader. So, like, I knew what it meant to be a leader. Um, I knew what it meant to conduct business. But I didn't really know what an entrepreneur was. So when did you get your first taste of, quote unquote, the entrepreneurial life? What did you do first? Was it selling gum in middle school? Or what, what was that thing that kind of uh, propelled it? So I'm going to say I really didn't become an entrepreneur until I became an entrepreneur. But what I was was a leader and a visionary. And I did not know that you could make money doing that. Mm. So um, it's kind of like I had to figure out something that could have been taught to me like like the hard way so it was like I really had to figure out entrepreneurship but even as a leader even as a visionary even as an amazing teacher because I mean to the core I'm a teacher I just knew that I like to make money Mm -hmm. and I didn't know how to put all of those things together to make money now what I did was I always attracted money like I always attracted it, but it was like the, it wasn't adding up. It wasn't like, okay, leader, visionary, smart equals making money. So when I was in the sixth grade, I won the citywide spelling bee. Okay. Watch out now. What was the winning okay. word? I could spell. It was daffodil. Oh my goodness. That was the word. And I, <laughs> I honestly just got lucky. <laughs> like I got lucky because I did not study for the spelling bee. You know, I just had always had like a little charisma and all of my words were easy. Like the person who went like two people in front of me, I did not know how to spell any of those words. Right. But <laughs> when it got to my word, it just worked out in my favor. And from that spelling bee, I won $50. Wow. Okay. Watch out. Okay. But it was still kind of like, you know, I'm working, but people would pay me to do things like that. So when I was in high school, you know, I would do hair or I would just do offer services. It was always like some kind of service for money. So it wasn't like I was selling a product ever. But I always knew that I could offer a service for money. So, like, sometimes uh, the church, which is really where I got all of my opportunities, um, would pay me to write a song or would pay me to uh, to to write a poem for a play. So, it was always, like, some type of creative service based on an idea. So I always knew that I could get paid off of ideas or basically off of my intellectual property or some type of skill that I had. But I never got paid by like selling cookies or, you know, um, it was always a service, a skill or a talent. Even when I like did here in high school, that was like a, a skill. But I never like tried to sell a product or flip a product. So I still didn't equate that to entrepreneurship. Okay. Okay. And so when did you, you didn't become an entrepreneur until you became an entrepreneur. So did that happen with this company or was it something before this? No, it, it absolutely did happen with this company. Now, when I was in high school, my grandfather wanted me to, 
um, go to hair school and he said that he would open up a salon. Mm-hmm. Now, at the time, I really looked down on trades. Like, I wanted to go to college. Now, keep in mind, my grandfather has a PhD. So, scholarship is, like, really huge, like, in our family. My mom went to college. And, but I didn't really see any wealth. I just kind of saw respectability from going to college. Right. But, but not wealth. So, I mean, it is abundance in a way because everybody you know that's a real need to kind of be respected in your community but it's not wealth right like let's and my grandfather actually was wealthy because the preachers you know they drove the Cadillacs they wore the nice suits that was wealth in the black community but on a global scale it wasn't wealth. right so um I did study Spanish in high school it was really easy for me but I actually went to college to be a doctor and okay. but my grandfather um, wanted me to do hair because I had a, a skill. Right. Like I was I was just really good at it. And I'm actually kind of one of those people that's good at everything. Okay. Like, like that's a blessing and a curse. Like, but I can I have so many like skills, talents. Like I tap dance, I do hair, like I speak Spanish. It's just it's just so many things, right? Right, right. But at the time I did not know that you could really monetize those things. Like, I just enjoyed doing hair for my friends. Right. And they would just, like, give me $10, like, whatever. And then I started doing my mom's friend's hair. But I'm not intentional. Like, this is a business. And it wasn't something that I wanted to do because um, it it was looked down upon. Right, right. Like, like at the time, going to college was kind of the way and it was the respectable way, whereas having a trade, to me, was, like, looked down upon. And I didn't want to do that. I also had, like, these goals of being, like, high society. Right, right. So, like, you know, um, that's what I wanted to, to be, you know, just being a child from the inner city. I was like, I want to break out of the inner city. I'm going to go to college. You know, I'm going to do the whole sorority thing. I'm going to you know, just be upper society. That's that was my goal at the time. Um, so I I kind of did that, you know. <laughs> like you, you I, did everything that you set out to do, right? I I kind of did that, and then I got there, and I was like, "This ain't it." Mm, okay, hold on. We stumbled across something. <laughs> so you had a vision that hey, I'm gonna go. I'm a I'm gonna go have this particular life. That the other life that ain't for me. But what did you find when you got there? Um, so like for me, it wasn't it. And and there were a little there were a lot of things that I just did not understand. Like I didn't understand really race and class. Yeah. So like because I grew up in a black neighborhood and we had like in a black ecosystem and we had everything that we needed. But my mom did give me, provide me with other opportunities that created different issues for me. So, like, my mom was a single mother, but she went to college. But the fact that she was single um, really had an economic impact on our family. Yeah. And and even though she went to college, um, she was still kind of stuck in jobs for women like a secretary 
right you, you know for a time so it did um have an impact on us economically and i'm going to say socioeconomically with the stigmas of being a single mom in the 80s 90s like it, it was just a different time than it is now um but my mom eventually became a teacher and she still works as a teacher but that's still kind of one of those professions that's for women right but with my mom having an a, a bachelor's degree like has she been a man that would have opened up so many more opportunities for her Right. So just based on our economic situation, um, and I'm going to say, honestly, the vision, like at the time. So people really, some people, and I'm just going to say for me, we believe that we can only have what we see. So like my mom never had a vision of even moving outside of our neighborhood, regardless of what, of the way that her economic situation changed. Like, she only wanted to live in our neighborhood. And I think that's why learning a language was so um, exciting for me. Because I'm like, there's a whole world out there that I don't know anything about. And all I could do was just, you know, imagine it. Because I didn't know anything really outside of our neighborhood. We did travel, like, with our church to other churches. But that was really all that I knew was church and community. Right, and, and that's what was instilled in me. And I'm not saying that that's a bad thing, but there is a whole world outside of your immediate community and your church. It's a great place to be nurtured. It's a great place to grow up. Um, but there were just a lot of things that I just, I did not know. Um, so I go to college, you know, I do the whole college thing. Mm-hmm. I... I think wealth is just like at the time, I guess, having coach bags and <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm young though, you know. I'm I understand. 18, I'm 19, and then at at 20, I have a daughter. Okay. And I'm gonna say that's when it changes. Okay, so and, let's, before we go there, okay. So let's get back to those coach bags before we go towards you having a daughter. Right. Where did the coach bag idea come from? Was it? Was it music? Was it movies? Was it just influence from other people around you? Where did you get that idea that wealth is just having these materialistic things? You know, it's so weird because we didn't have the internet then like we right. did. And um, I don't even think Coach had like um, commercials or it wasn't in like Team Cosmo. It was just you, you kind of hear it. And Ooh. then you, you see it a little bit and then you want it because right. you, you want this like external validation and value. And I was always raised to to look nice and to have nice things. Like right. I, I always had nice things and and that wasn't going to change. I still like, you know, what quote unquote nice things. And th- there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that at all. Um, at all, but value, like the perceived value is what was off. Like the priorities are off. So right. like, You had like, that listed really high on your list instead of it being maybe, maybe number 10 on the list. It was probably one or two. Or even the way that I went to college. So like in this, in this next 
era of my life where I do know and I do take accountability and I am intentional, like the way that I leverage debt is different. Gotcha. Gotcha. Like, because the only way nobody had any money for me to go to college. Right. Like, not like that. And my grandfather, he did. He said, you know, hey, why don't you go get this trade? I'm going to invest in you and and open a salon. But I, I wasn't ready for that. I didn't know what that was. Um, but I can appreciate that now. Right. And what and what he was trying to do, even though I wasn't receptive to it. Now my granddaddy did pay my tuition. Like, you know, some semesters when I was short, but I mean, from college, I have a bachelor's degree, I have two master's degrees, and I have doctoral hours before I was out. So my student loans are, are maxed out. Right, right. And, and I'm talking like a quarter of a million dollars in student loans, and I'm not a medical doctor. I'm a teacher, like at the end of the day. So you have to take that into account to what was the cost mm. of my initial dream to be middle class? Mm. You you spitting some some gems right now. All right. And and just a portion of that cost, I can tell you guys, was a quarter of a million dollars. Right. And fifty thousand dollars. Now that experience, I, I went to HBCU for undergrad, amazing. Oh, I where'd you go? To, I went to Fisk University in okay. Tennessee. Okay. Um, amazing, wonderful connections. Um, I have, you know, two master's degrees and like I said, doctoral degrees. That cost me two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. I'm not saying the experience wasn't the experience, but I'm saying I could have done that a different way. Right. But uh I think a lot of us back then we were sold this at least I was, I guess I can only speak for me. We were sold this educational dream that by having these degrees, having these people, piece of paper will be accepted into uh, some other, I don't know what we thought we were going to be accepted to. It was this imaginary thing that we thought we'd be accepted to. Right. And I th- think a lot of people had a rude awakening once they went to school and got out and they realized that that imaginary thing wasn't there. Right. Now you can leverage it. Because you can create the value for anything that you want. Now, this is the, these are my entrepreneurial lessons. Mm-hmm. So even though nobody's ever asked to see in, in the entrepreneurial space, nobody's ever asked to see my degrees, ever. Ever. So like I could be like the biggest scammer, like right. <laughs> to be honest, because nobody has ever asked to see them. Only like when I'm you know, offered a position for a college professor, and I'm not going to talk about that salary. Mm. You know, they asked to see it, but it's a, it's like, okay, y'all want to pay me $40,000 for something right. that I paid $250,000 for. Like, make it make sense. Right. Want more access to the Black Equity Network? Perfect. I have just a solution for you. I want you to text 669 238 2434. Once again, that's 669 238 2434. I want you to text the keyword Black Equity to 669 
888-238-2434. Now, what is that going to do? That's going to give you access to our personal Rolodex of business contacts. So every time that we have a potential business partnership, a business opportunity, someone says, hey, I want you to let people know about a job opportunity, we're going to send a message out to everybody who has text Black Equity to 669-238-2434. If I were you, I would send a text message right now. Back to the show. But but you mentioned, I want to make sure we get this, something, the reason why you're able to see now that you could have created values, you said something happened when you had a daughter. Mm-hmm. So, okay, what clicked at that moment? You have your daughter. Tell me, open, open up my eyes. What did you see? What did you witness? What was the wisdom that came from that? That was my wake-up call. Okay. Because it's like, okay, I have a daughter, and I think that was my wake-up call that I was poor. Mm. <laughs> like, like to be honest, like, you, right. can't, you can't hide it now that you got a child that you got to take care of. It ain't enough right. coach bags. It ain't enough, <laughs> you know. It's like, it don't matter how good you look when you got to feed someone. Your bank account can't be at $5, and you got seven coach bags. Right. Now when it's just you, you can eat off the dollar menu, but you have a child now, so you're gonna have to do things different. And I hadn't met those goals yet. So now I'm still I'm probably more sticking to my plan. Like I have to finish college and I have to get a good job because okay. I have this daughter to support. Mm. Okay, but but I knew that I needed to support her. Um, at that point, my goal became home ownership. Right. Just because I wanted a home, but still not focused on building wealth, but knowing that I don't want to be poor. Right. So like that mindset at that point is I'm not going to be poor. I'm not going to be poor, but it's not building wealth. Well, I was reading about that the other day. The more you say, I'm not going to be something, you become that. <clears throat> You you do become it, but I do always think that that's like the first step. Like I think the first step is just like you have an awareness yes, of, of where you are, I and agree. and I think that's the natural next step. But no, wealth is not gonna come when you're at that point. But I do think that's the natural next step. It's like okay, like I'm out here. Right, <laughs> I right. gotta do something different because I can't do this, and I'm not gonna be this. And and I'm 20 years old. Right. Um. So I'm just like I'm not gonna be poor. So I'm in school. I'm you know I'm I'm somewhat serious. I don't know what I want to do because I'm just like okay, I know at this point I can't be a doctor. Like hmm. I, I can't. How did you know? Why did you know that? I'm not good at it. I'm, I'm not good at it. I don't like it. Okay. Blood make me sick. I'm gonna pass out. I, you don't want me to be your doctor. So it, it, I think what the wisdom there is, it's good to know what, what, what's not for you, and, and what your, what your skill sets are, and what they are not. So for me, it's just like anytime I go against myself for for any for any reason. It's just not going to work out. And yeah. if anybody can take anything away from this interview, it's just like when you line up with who you really are, it doesn't matter if anybody else believes in it, it's going to work out for you. Like that's where the blessings are. 
So let's touch on that. So when you line up with who you really are, that's the, where the blessings are. It is. When did you line up with who you really were? So I flunked out of school. Okay. My first, because I'm trying to be a doctor. I don't like the classes. I don't know what they're talking about. I'm not good at science. Um, but I, I just knew that being a doctor or a lawyer was how you got money. And I didn't want to be poor. And I wanted to get money. And I wanted to do it the right way by going to college. Okay. Okay. So the only thing I know is I'm going to go to college and I'm going to be a doctor. Now I do have friends who felt the same way. They went to college to be a doctor and they are a doctor. Right. right? But for me, that wasn't it. Okay. So I'm like, I know I'm not going to be a doctor. You know, I failed my first two years. I can't keep wasting money. Like I cannot continue wasting money. People are investing in me. People are believing in me. I'm still at that point like the, you know, the hometown hero because I'm so smart. You know, now I got a baby and I'm flunking out of school. I just don't know what it is that I'm supposed to do. Do you still have the coach bags or did you sell them? I still got them. Oh, okay. Okay. I, st- I still got them. Right. So, um, but I'm not buying anymore. Okay. Okay. But, you know, you don't throw your old coach bags away. <laughs> And, and like, it. and like now, thing. it's like I don't even go to coach. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, right. It's so crazy. But in in the year 2000, coach bags were popping. Right. That's true. So, um, I'm just like, you know, I gave myself space to figure it out. Like, even though there were like outside pressures, so I started working at this hotel, and and now I know like every single thing like works out for you. So even if you don't understand what's going on, if you can trust the bigger picture that it's all working out for you, like it's all coming together. So I just gave myself some space to figure it out. I was like, I'm not going to waste any more money in school. Like I'm not, you know, I'm just going to figure it out. So I worked at a hotel and there was just like a huge, like Spanish speaking staff at the hotel. Mm, Interesting. Okay. (laughs) Keep going. And I was like, you know what? I really enjoy this. Like, I really enjoy, like, even the skills that I had, I still just had, like, a natural desire to do it. Um, And I was, like, um, my godfather at the time was sick. Yeah. (laughs) Like, this is so funny. It's it's not funny that he's sick. Okay. I go to visit him and my godmother, and he's, like, make a promise to me. It's almost like, um, it's almost like a movie now that I play it back. He's like, make a promise to me that you finish school. Right. Like, what? Like, I don't don't give somebody instructions on your deathbed. Like, that's, right. that's so not cool. But I was like, I promise Godfather. You know, like, it's, it's, it's okay. People listening to this, don't judge me. No judgment. Uh, so I was like, okay, I promise I'm going to go back to school. I'm going to finish. And I honestly still wanted that respectability. So I've been learning um, recently, Tony Robbins talks about the, like the five needs that people have. Right. And like, once you understand them, you can understand your behavior and you can um, change your behavior as long as you replace it with another need. So like that respectability is a real need. Yeah, it is. I agree. It's, it's a real need. So I wanted to be somebody that my daughter could be proud of. 
And at the time, I'm still thinking that's just like, okay, you go to college. Like, I'm still in that frame of mind. So I'm like, I'm going to go back to college. I'm going to finish. But when I go back, I have to do it my way. Mm. Like, like, I okay. can't. I like this movie. This is a really good movie. It is. <laughs> I'm like, Keep going. I, if I, when I go back, I have to do it my way. Like, I can't be a doctor. Like, I can't do whatever. I have to just start really listening to myself and doing like what makes me happy so i'm gonna go back to college and i'm gonna major in spanish okay okay this is probably like 2000 i don't know two three four somewhere in there and when i tell you everybody thought it was the dumbest move ever well, the natural thing, if I heard that back then, is like, well, what are you going to do with Spanish? How can you make money from that? Um, it, it, where, you know, what's the pathway of having a, a, you know, a degree in Spanish? Is those some of the things that you heard? Man, it was just like, it's stupid. You're not going to make any money. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was that same, like, no support ever. Didn't right. care. So that didn't care was like the start of something. That's okay. when it all started. It's like, I can't care. And that doesn't mean that people's intentions aren't good. But for me, nobody can ever know better for you than you. And and I took that on with my child. Like, nobody can ever know better what's best for my child than me. Like, I'm her mother. I raised her. I know my child, except for my child. Like, my child can know what's best for her. But outside of me and her, nobody else. So, like, those outside opinions were dead to me at that point. As much as... That was the thing with my child. When my child came, it was, like, when I got really in tune with myself. As much as respectability is important, the first person that that needs to respect you is you. Right. And so that's what I'm hearing is, okay, I need to respect my own decision and follow what my gut is telling me. So you, you end up following your gut. Well, well I'm that... not there yet okay. like, internally. So I still don't know that I can live my life on my terms. And okay. I'm going to say a lot of people don't know that. Like, well, say I, it again. Say it again. What don't, they, what, what don't they know? That you can live your life on your terms. You don't owe anybody anything. Okay. Nobody. So and when did you discover that? <laughs> fully... I I always knew it when I was when I was brave enough to embrace it. It was in spurts, so it it takes it takes courage to live your own life because from the time you go to school, you are taught to go against yourself. Mm, very we're, true. We're trained to do it. We're programmed yep. to do it. We're programmed by our parents to do it. I agree. I, I know better than you. Listen to me. Yeah. Um, so it really is a revolutionary act. Like to me, that's like the ultimate revolution to to be yourself. To be yourself. Yeah. And and what is that? Because you never gotten the opportunity to even know what that is. Well, yeah, it's revolutionary to discover yourself and then decide to be what that is that you discovered. And I think everybody comes to a point in their life where they're given a choice, you know, to do that. So even at that point, I'm still not living for myself. I'm living for my daughter. Right. Because I'm just like, I want to be somebody that my daughter 
can be proud of, but I do have to do it on my terms. So that was kind of the beginning, the beginning of it, because I'm like, I'm going to make my own decision Right. to go. Going back to school was still kind of something that I felt like I owed to somebody else. Um, But I was like, I'm going to do it my way. So they're like small acts of of honoring myself in there. Right, but, right. But the path to like fully honoring myself, that was a long journey. Right. Um, so, so you go on and you, you I go study school, Spanish. I study Spanish. Um, and then I get the opportunity to study abroad. Oh, I, okay. I, get I didn't the, know that. Okay. I get Tell the me opportunity more. to study in Spain for a couple of months while I'm in undergrad. Okay. Now, I have a daughter. I have a three-year-old at this time. Mm-hmm. Is so, she with you or she could she could not go wow okay and it was it was a dilemma and it was really still kind of frowned upon like at being a single mother like even in the year like 2000 like I know when I would want to be in like activities at school professors would be like oh you can't bring your child or right. or if I told people that I had a child then it was like I was given an unfair advantage. It was almost like, okay, well, I'm either they were like automatically going to pass me because they felt like sorry for me or they, on the other hand, just made it completely hard for me when I just wanted to do what I needed to do for myself. Right. Like, let let my work speak for itself, not my circumstances. Mm. I like um, that. So I got the opportunity to study abroad and I took it. I was just like, I don't know how this is going to work out for me, but it's going to work out. And and that is the key to everything. You don't have to know how it's going to work out. You just have to hold on to the to the vision. And I have something new that I'm doing right now that's working really, really well for me. So it like takes that thing that I knew back in 2004 or whenever it was when I studied abroad. And it's like manifestation 10.5, right? So that was the thing. I was like, I don't, because on paper, you're poor, you know, you're on welfare. You have this child, you have all this student loan debt at this point, but you want to take your happy black butt across the the world to study Spanish. Right. Who's going to watch your child? So like, that looks crazy to people. It does. I agree. It looks insane. And I'm like, I don't care what it looks like. I'm going to make it happen. I didn't have the money. I took out a loan, like a private student loan, um, to pay for the trip. But mm-hmm. I, did, I didn't have any money to go. Um, my family's really close, so I knew that I could get them to watch my child. But I'd never been away from my child for three months. Right. You know, like 20 years later... Three months when your child is three is nothing. But at the time, it was like, oh, my God. There's so much mom guilt. And I still, like, had that when you want to put yourself first, even in front of your kids. Right. Um, So my church actually took up a collection the Sunday before I left. And I ended up with, like, I don't know, $500. Okay. That's a lot of money in the You You better take that $500. So I took my $500, went on my trip, studied abroad, learned me some Spanish, experienced the world. Life changing. Now, what I really wish at the time, 
because even though I went, I was still scared. Right. Like I'd never been out of the country before. Um, my professor that was going with me ended up missing his flight. So I had to like fly by myself. I go everywhere by myself now, so it's cool. But then I'm just like so scared. Right. And the quality of life or experiences when you're scared is just different. Break that down for me. Um, like I'm I'm big on law of attraction. Okay. So like I really feel like when you're fearful or when you have fear, like the law of attraction is unbiased. It's gonna bring you things to be more fearful about. Right. Um, and even that's conscious or unconscious, but I never let fear stop me from doing it because if I could break through this time, yes, I'm scared this time. And yes, I might've felt this time, but I did it. And guess what? Next time I'm not scared. Right. That's true. You know, it's okay to be scared the first time and do it. But, you know, I was there, it was my first abroad trip and I was really scared. So there was like a lot of things that I did not experience, you know, because of fear. It's okay. It's okay (laughs) because I did it. I learned Spanish. I did what I needed to do, and I I came back. So I studied abroad. I um, graduated. I got a degree in Spanish, and I started teaching. I was actually a double major, so I'm Spanish in history. I I got my first job as a Spanish teacher. Just wow. like a, a high school Spanish teacher. How fast was that? <laughs> um, I graduated. I graduated in 2007 in May, and I started teaching August 2007 because there wow. was a huge need for Spanish teachers. There still right. is. There still right. is. I can teach in any district anywhere, like wow. wherever, because nobody has Spanish teachers. So our district was bringing people in from Spain because <laughs> they didn't have enough teachers. So they didn't care. I wasn't even fluent in Spanish at the time. They could care less. Like, so you made, you made yourself more valuable by I, going there and, and coming back. You had you now had a skill set that uh, that would yeah. allow you to do whatever you wanted to do for the rest of your life now. Right. And, and I wasn't the best teacher. Like I wasn't even fluent in Spanish yet. Right. I was just saying I was intermediate and I had another friend who graduated with me who didn't teach because they didn't believe like they believed that they had to be at a certain level in order to do it. I was like, look, I'm going to get this job and I'm going to figure it out when I get there because right. I got to take care of me and my child. I worked at Victoria's Secret when I was in undergrad making $6.50 an hour. So right. that first job making 34000 <laughs> it sounds crazy now. But that was so much money to me. And it right. was it was life changing for me. Um, it just, did it give you an uh, extra boost of confidence? Like, okay, I'm on the right path. I did. I, I, I felt like I was finally at a place where I could be secure. Like it was kind of like that path to security because it's like, okay, you got your degree. You have your job. And for me, it felt like job security. Right. Because I'm a teacher um, with the 34000 So that first year I taught, when I tell you, it was the worst job in life. <laughs> Why is that? It was horrible. Horrible. Just terrible. <laughs> Just like, it was awful. So I taught at an inner city school. So okay. any movie that you ever saw about inner city schools, that's where I was. Okay. Um, I'm 
I'm 25, but I look, you know, 17. I look very young now still. Um, and the principal just kind of had it. Like, there was nothing that I could do that was right. Wow. Like, nothing was right. So she tells everybody, I remember the first day, she's like, we're going to wear uniforms like the kids to promote uniformity. Then on the first day, she was like, why do you have that on? You look like the kids. I was <laughs> sometimes just like, I live in the twilight zone. Like, I can't make it up. I'm like, the, like what? Okay. Right. Um, so, like, there was, there. No, there was nothing that I could do right. And there was only one Spanish teacher at the school. So first year, fresh out of college, um, I have, I don't know, 400 students. Huh? Wow. You have like, 400 students. I taught all the levels, all the classes. Some of the classes had um, mixed level students. So in one class, it was like Spanish, one, two, three, all mixed in the same class. Right. I don't even know the kids. So how am I supposed to know who, who? Mm. Well, it, it was just a whole mess. Um, so I'm stressed out because I I believe that people really want to do a good job. Like right. I, I honestly believe the good in people and I really wanted to do a good job. Like I wanted to go, I wanted to do my job, but there is nothing I could do. Like it was a shit show. Like it was just <laughs> bad. But now that with the knowing that I had that everything works out for you, there were so many lessons that I got that first year teaching. I can imagine. And it honestly transformed me into the world's best teacher. Right. (laughs) The world's absolute best teacher, which is why people from all over the world today pay me to teach them. Right. I don't know if I would be where I am if I didn't have that experience. I also took a job after school uh, when people have failed, they could recover their credits so that they could graduate. Right. So I made $34,000 and then I made $1,500 after a month teaching after school. Okay. So I say I lived off of the $1,500 and saved my entire salary. I, started, wow. I saved nice. $30,000 the first year I was teaching and I bought my house. Nice. I bought a house that year. So I was like, check, check, right? Like I'm moving mm-hmm. up on my list. Like I bought a house. You know, not buying a house for wealth, but just buying a house. I don't want to be on welfare. Right, I don't right. want, you know, I want a home and a life and, you know, move to the suburbs, whole thing. So I'm like, I'm good, except I got fired. <laughs> like, <at laughs> from, the the, end, from the school? Yes. Okay. Oh, they, they let me go. It was, it, I was like, <laughs> okay, I don't care. Like, uh, I was, you know, middle finger hole. No. Right, right. Um, but I got a job the next year, just at a different school, and yeah. it was cool. I'm a great teacher at this point, like still an inner city school, changed my whole idea method about teaching, created my own method for teaching kids, Wow, just nice. based out of the drama from my first year. So I had to experience that. So sometimes we're in the contrast, like good is going to come out of it. You might not be able to see it like while you're in it. But you need that. Well, yeah, you're building. You're you're building every single day. You're building the necessary tools for you then to go off on your own and be that entrepreneur that you were destined to be. But I'm still not an entrepreneur. Right. I'm not. I'm I'm still a, a teacher. Uh, now I'm a middle school teacher. But I, 
get to test my new methods on my students that I'm teaching this year. Okay. Right, right. So I test it. It's amazing. I'm surprising myself. Like sometimes I'm just in awe <laughs> at like the stuff that I do because again, I wasn't intentional. Like, I don't know why I'm doing it. I don't know what it's setting me up for. I'm just going with it. Well, you were intentional about introducing a new way of doing it. Because the old way wasn't working. Right. Now, that, that's, that's what sets people apart. Because some people, even though something is not working, they will continue you to do it. And, yeah. and that's what makes me a great entrepreneur. Right. Being and able to adjust. Being able to adjust if something is not working, if something is not easy, I am a fan of ease. How right. can this be easier, faster, better? Right. I agree. I'm all about how does this flow better? Like, how can this be easier for me, for all parties involved? I was not willing to suffer through another year like that. Right. So um, I go the second year. Um, the kids I love. So at this point, these are kids who can't even read English. They're like fifth, sixth grade inner city kids. I have fifth, sixth graders with children. I, I'm just sharing the population of students. I understand. So a lot of people would throw those students away. Right. Like I see it all the time. But I took this as the opportunity to teach them and they thrived. Wow. So I'm just like, if I can teach the kids that people want to throw away, I could teach anybody. Right. Okay. So, but me and the principal, like, it, it was just always a conflict. Oh, boy. I'm starting to notice a trend here. Okay. You have an issue with authority? I, I don't know if I have an issue with authority or I know who I am. Like, okay. sometimes okay. who I like you that. are is triggering to other people who think they're the authority and nobody is my authority. I agree. So like just, and, and I want to be a leader like that in, in my life. Like we can co-create, but I'm not your authority. Like yeah. that's not how it works. So I, I, that never really like sat well with me and it will always kind of be an ultimatum where, well, if you don't do this, then this job. And honestly, I wasn't worried about it. Like I didn't know, like how it would work because I knew my value like I knew I could get a job as a Spanish teacher anywhere any day I could quit mid-year and a school would pick me up the next day to teach for them so I was never scared in that way with these skills and this degree that I'd had right. as a teacher I knew that I could do whatever so my second year teaching I'm actually pregnant a second time with my son and um they cut. I wasn't going to lose that job because I was the only teacher in that school where learning was even happening. So, like, if people came from the board, they came to my classroom to, like, show, like, this is the model classroom. That's, mm. That job was right. that. They wasn't letting me go. Now, it, I could do anything. I was going to be a teacher, except they cut um, Spanish from middle schools. They cut the funding. Right. So, I got laid off. And honestly, during that time, I wanted to be a stay-at-home mom with my kids. So I was like, you know, I'm at school teaching everybody else's kids all day. And when I get home, I'm too tired for my own kids. Like, make it make sense. Right. 
So I was just like, there has to be a way for me to create more freedom in my life. So basically everything where I got stemmed from a problem. So that's yeah. why I'm like problems aren't bad. They're opportunities. I agree. For you to adjust and reflect. And I was like, you know, this this is not gonna work for me. So I remember telling my friend, I was like, I'm gonna stay home with my son. And I always have like these these definitive statements. Like there's no leeway, there's no doubt, there's nothing. I'm like, I'm gonna stay home with my son. And she laughed. She's like, you're single. Like, she laughed at me. She's like, mm-hmm. how are you going to do that? I'm like, I don't know. I I don't know. But I'm not doing this. Right. And I got laid off, which ended up being a blessing. Barack Obama was in office. I know people are like, oh, what, a, what does Barack Obama do for you? But for me, it doesn't matter who's in office. Whatever plans they got going on works in my benefit. Like, every right. single time. I I ended up getting laid off and Barack Obama extended unemployment like for so long, like for so long. It was just like right time. And I was like, you know, I'm having my son anyway. Like it was it was perfect. So now here's my opportunity to stay home. And I was like kind of looking for jobs. But one of my friends was like, well, why don't you just teach Spanish on your own? Mm. Like, cause they'd been trying to get me to teach like their kids. And I was like, I don't have time. Like I'm a mom, you know, I got to work. And I was like, you know what? I could teach a couple of classes at my granddaddy's church a week. And, um, you know, I could still stay home. And then I got some more money coming in. Like I had a lot of money saved. Remember? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. So, so I'm like, I'm good. I don't have to go back for a minute. I got unemployment. Like I'm cool. Right. So I started um teaching a class like I put it out there I created a flyer and that's when Groupon started okay so um a member from Groupon reached out to me like they saw it some kind of way again Facebook that stuff really isn't big yet not it's there but it's not it's not taking over society yet right and it's like people don't know about it so like had I known even then like the marketing skills like just a little bit of the marketing skills that I have now. I, you know, <laughs> we're not going to talk about how much money, like those early landing pages that were just like really, really ugly. Those people were killing it and we had no clue. The right. pop-ups were all of them on there. Right. Killing it. Um, so Groupon reached out. We did a Groupon. Oh my God. I got like 200 students on my own. Wow. I'm killing it. My granddad's church is in the hood. Just children from all backgrounds, from all over the city, are coming to the hood to take Spanish lessons from this black lady. Like, am I I allowed to ask how much did you charge? (laughs) It's embarrassing. Okay. Um, it was it was a low amount because at the time, I don't even know I'm having a business. Right, right, right. Like, I don't know it's a business. I want to say it might have been like, I don't know, sixty dollars a semester. That's not bad. I mean, it is low, but it's not bad. No, it's not. That's but not it, it was like $20 a month or something. Okay. Like that. Okay. Um, and, and I had the best time. Like, I met... If you are a Black-owned business or an investor and you would like to advertise on our show, go ahead and send us a message at djm at djmoultrie.com. Now, back to the show. Okay, so you put the group on out. You have people from all over come to the church. What happens next? Um, business is booming. 
like booming. Um, so what happens next is the church gets mad. <laughs> that you're making money and they're not? They're like, you're making money. You're running a business out of the church. You know, like, I have it where kids from the church can learn Spanish for free. Kids, not free, but, like, very little, like, $5. Because I always believe that people take pride in um, investing in themselves. Right. I learned that very early on. But kids in the neighborhood and the church could take Spanish. They would not put their kids in them classes. They were mad. And then they were like, she needs to be paying us something stupid, like $5,000 a month if she wants to keep it. So what did you decide to do? I mean, I had to go. I left. <laughs> okay. Um. So I rented a space. Okay. But I went, and this is actually when I became a for real business. Like, I got a business license. It's like, okay, if you're going to do this, it's got to be a real thing. Right. Um. But before that, I didn't have any expenses. I didn't have any taxes. Like, you know, um, it's I didn't know it was a business. Okay. Right. Um. So, uh, I rented a space, and I continued. Um. But now I have a business, and now I have business problems because <laughs> I have overhead. Like I'm starting to doubt myself. Like I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know how to run a business. I like all these limiting beliefs come, and again, law of attraction. It's just like that's what you think. You got it. You know? Right, right, right. Um, so um Nashville also at the time there's a trend and certain neighborhoods are being gentrified and the values are changing. Right. So whereas I'm renting a space for seven hundred, two years later that space is seventeen hundred. Mm. You know, I can't afford it and I'm also burnt out. Right. Like anybody who's run a business by themselves, but like I'm trying to hire people, I'm trying to keep a team, it's just not working. So during that time, I'm like, well, how can I? Like the people who come to Ready for Spanish, they want me. They don't want another teacher anyway. They want me, but I'm one person. So how can I duplicate myself? That was the start of where I am today. It was like, how can I take my methods? duplicate my methods, and I said, well, let me create this Spanish learning CD because I didn't think people should have to come to me for me to teach them how to count to 10 or ABCs, you know, those basic things, colors. Right. You don't, you don't need me to teach you that, but let me create this product that teaches you that makes sure everybody's at the same level and have it just be a part of my package. Right. So – that was my first digital product because I never got those CDs printed. I had those CDs issued on digital platforms. So Amazon, it's still there to this day. Um, iTunes. And this was, you know, seven years ago. So I want to say just like as a person, I'm one of those first people kind of like outside of the music industry that did something like that on my own. You know, so yeah, like I yeah, like you a, you were on there, you know, when it when it first started popping, right? And so people were like downloading it. I was getting these nice. texts. Nice. I didn't understand. I called it magic money, 
Right? I call I call digital currency, I call it magic money because you never see it, but it shows up like you're not really doing any work for it because mm-hmm. you already did it like one time and you still get paid for it. Right. It's like, wow, look at this magic money. So right. that's, what I call, that's what I call it, and I still call it that. And I couldn't make people understand, like, what was happening. And it was never, like, a whole lot of money. It might have been, you know, like, $150 a quarter or something like that. But that $150 will always come right on time. Like, right. I would look at my account and be surprised and be like, oh, look at this magic money. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. Um, so that was kind of, like, my first taste of what I could do without having to do it, like, be there and physically do it. Yeah. So um, I knew I needed to change, A, because the the expenses were too high, the overhead was too high. B, I was limited in the amount of students that I could serve. I was limited by time. I was like, how can I break through these limitations? And I'd already done something with my first digital thing. Now, my first digital project is not even great. It still makes money for me, but it's not great. And I'm never going to take it down because that's, like, my thing of where I started. I repackaged it, repurposed it. I made so much money off of that first thing. Like, I used it as freebies, just however. So then I was like, I'm going to start an online kids program because at this point, Um, schools are contracting me out. Like, I'm going to schools for 30 minutes a week teaching. I'm doing just so many things, but it all takes so much of my time. But So this digital CD, this kind of elevated everything, even if it wasn't, you know, the best product ever. It it elevated elevated my whole mindset. And having a product really sets you apart. Like, yeah. it doesn't matter if the product is, like, good, bad. Even if it's not a physical product, people were just like, oh, you have something on Amazon? Like, Amazon even then wasn't, like, today Amazon is a part of our day-to-day. Yeah. You know, five years ago, seven years ago, it wasn't that. So I've always just kind of been, like, in the future. Not in the future from, like, leading-edge entrepreneurs, they, like Pat Flynn, they were already kind of, like, on it, you know? But just, like, for the everyday entrepreneur, I'm, like, 10 years ahead. Right. So what happens You next? know, so, um, so next I'm, like, well, I want to start um, – I want to put the whole shebang online. Really? I, I want to automate my whole self. Now we're so talking. That, that becomes the thing, like, okay, well, A, how do you do it? Yeah. Like, so A – how do you do it? So I invested so much money just, like, trying to figure out how to do it, right? I, I switched my process, honestly, because that was a long, hard way. When I make a definitive statement and let God, the universe, bring it to me in the easiest way, and I trust it, that's the easiest way. But me, my, how do I do it? I got to get it done, long, hard way. But that's what I did. I did it the long, hard way, and it's okay. It, it all works out for your good, however you choose to do it. I proposed the easy way, okay? Right. Um, so I paid a coach, you know, thousands of dollars to teach me how to do it. She didn't know how to do it, right? <laughs> right. 
let's not let's not touch on that okay but I'm not burned I know some people who get coaches and they're like I'm never going to get a coach again no because I still got to learn how to do this like if I have a vision I hold to my vision regardless of what comes up so I find this online course who teaches people how to build online courses I was like huh exactly what I'm looking for um it's a thousand dollars right a lot of money I don't have a thousand dollars like what am I gonna do but he has payment plans for ninety nine dollars I'm like sign me up and if somebody's doing something I pay attention so since he has an online course I have an online course even though he's teaching me how to do it I'm paying attention to how he does it like I'm now an affiliate right. for that you're course. You're paying attention so we, as you're walking through the process. Yes, I'm paying attention. Okay. And awesome. and I'm also an affiliate for that course. So I don't know if we have time, but we can talk about like my streams of income because I have income coming in from so many places. Um, but I'm now an affiliate for that course because I really believe in it. And I created my first course, but I also had a problem because why would somebody pay for an online course? if they still have access to me physically. Right. Right? So now what I have to do is price myself out. Like, I have to raise my prices to a way that I'm unaffordable to most. And that was, like, an ethical dilemma for me for a while. Right? Right. So you can kind of see these mini shifts coming in because I'm like, you know, I want to help people. Whatever, but I can't help people if I'm struggling. Right. Like, I just, I can't. And I have this resource for you that's really affordable. This is my kid's Spanish program. It's $10 a month, and it's amazing. It's affordable. It's accessible. You don't have to rush your kids to another class after school. Everybody has these tablets. All I need you to do is schedule a time for your kid, just like you would if you took them to another, if if you brought them to me in a class. Now I'm in your living room, you know? Like, I can't make it any easier, but sometimes when you're ahead of the curve, people don't get it. Like, people, I mean, you can't make them get it. It's not like something you can fight. People will get stuff when they're ready. Right. Just like, I didn't get, I didn't get that. I could have had a business that funded my education and my future business, you know, by doing hair. I didn't get it. Mm. So people people will get it when they're ready to get it. So, like, that was kind of, like, a little struggle because it was there. People didn't get it, you know. But I did start to gradually phase myself out. Like, so I stopped doing as many um, teacher courses i mean like schools contracting me out schools would literally contract me out for like fifteen hundred dollars a month to teach spanish to kids at their daycare for 30 minutes that's what i'm saying like Mm. you get to create the value for your time say that one more time you get to create the value for your time and here was my value um my value proposition like i'm not businessy but i know some of the terms it was like okay You hire a full-time teacher. That's going to be way more than $1,500 a month. This full-time Spanish teacher may or may not know how to teach Spanish to kids for real. Right? Like, I'm an expert. I've been doing this. Your kids will be speaking. I send all of the things home with the parents. I come in. You know, you could do whatever. 
I'm already at these top-tier schools, so you get to position your school as one of the leading schools in the country because you have me coming in offering this service at still a fraction of what it would cost to hire a full-time teacher. I love it. Or lining it. up to pay me $1,500 a month for two hours, so seven fifty dollars an hour. And it, it's, it's still the same skill set. It's, so it's the exact works. same skill set. I'm still teaching um, kids. Public schools are hiring me. (laughs) So the same school system that was paying me $30 an hour is now paying me $750 an hour. Insane. You've made yourself way more valuable to the marketplace. Right. Okay. So, like, I got a waiting list. One year I had 30 schools. And this is the year that my city is booming. And, and like, I couldn't do it because I'm driving. Like, traffic is crazy. I don't know. People in Nashville don't work, but people are always on the roads now. It's like a big city now. Um, so I can't make it. I'm like, I can't do it. So I took that problem and created a training for pre-K teachers online. I'm like, hey, guess what? I don't even have to come in anymore because I can train all of your teachers to do exactly what I do and give them all the curriculum. Problem solved. I already knew how to make an online course. I already had this skill set, and I'm tired of driving and coming to y'all. I don't want to do that no more. I don't care if it's, so you have this- I don't care if it's $750. I raised the price for my schools to $5,000 a month. I still have two schools. That, mm. I, I have two schools that pay me that, and I still go. <laughs> like, I still go there. You know, like, don't be crazy yeah. now. Like, you know. <laughs> I raised the price to five thousand a month, but guess what? That's the same price I was getting for the thirty. Right. And now it's it's so two. once again it's the same it's the same skill set. Right. But you're elevating by going into different marketplaces yes. and having different target market for what you're doing. And having a lower cost option that's already done where people still have access to the material. Like, that was really the thing for me. So once I caught on to that, I just started doing it for everything. So I took my adult program. I was like, I'm not, nope, I'm I'm not coming to nothing. I'm not showing up physically for anything that I don't want to show up physically for. That's why we get along so well. We, you and I think very similar when it comes to that. I'm not coming. Okay, like, and when I do, it's not because I'm, um, like, I'm, I'm, I'm needy. Like, I don't need to do anything. Like, that neediness is a re- is repelling for me. And in cases that I want to serve, I'll volunteer where my heart leads me to do it. Like, I don't have to do it because I don't want. Like, I want more freedom in my business, in my life, in my family to do what I want. And, like, that's just kind of that thing. And it is a process. Like, you do have to put processes in place. Or maybe you don't. Maybe that's still a part of thinking, you know. But that still gets peeled off layer by layer because I'm like, oh, I didn't know that. Like, there's so many things that I didn't know. Like, honestly, we could do anything. We just don't know. Because here's the thing, Lashonda. Everything's made up anyway. Everything's yes. made So you can just use your mind to do anything. Like, even some of the craziest things that I say that I'm going to do and I end up doing it, it's like you can do any 
thing that you want to do, and you can create it from thin air. Like I have thousands of customers online now. I got I get scared sometimes because sometimes I'm out and people like run up and I don't even have like a huge customer base like anything like that. I have like 1100 online customers. Right? Right. Um with different I mean it's it's honestly more because there's like different layers, but I have like a a community of about 20,000 people. Um and I have um, 1,100 current paid customers, but I also have products that people pay one time. So everything isn't like a recurring membership. So I have some products that right. people pay for one time, and I'm not including those in that 1,100. So I have so many customers who have paid me, who've interacted with me online, and for me, that's a different kind of energy that's new for me. So even if I teach an online class, that has 800 people in it. Now, there's no way I ever could have taught a class at my building that had 800 people in one time. I think you've even signed up for, like, some of my classes that had, like, hundreds of people in it. Um, mm-hmm. But it's a lot of energy. It's And, and after yeah. I teach those classes, I am physically tired, even though it's, like, right. on the Internet. But I'm just like, you know what, that's another opportunity for another solution for you. So, like, as long as you view problems like that, like, okay, so for me, as soon as the problem comes, like, sometimes I don't even have to do anything. Like, the solution is just right there because I know that there are no problems without solutions. So, like, now I may wait for the solutions to come even faster. Now, this by no means means (laughs) that I have it all together, you know, like, Right, right. Um, but but, I, I but just, you discovered you discovered how to make yourself valuable. Right. And how to set a price for those services in different areas, different markets. Uh, to me, that's you know that's wonderful. And no, that doesn't make you a perfect person, <laughs> but it means that you've evolved to this place where you understand your value. And anybody can do it. So people will come in and they'll say, you know, like people come in, like I've had an offer for my business. Um, But people will come in and they'll say, well, hey, why don't you do this for this, this, and this? You know what? That's not my lane. I'm going to do this, you know, what I do. And and that's really some of the lessons that I learned early on um, about people's visions with yours. Like, that doesn't mean that people don't have good advice, but this is what I do, and this is what's working. And when I'm led to do something else, like, I know how to trust myself so much that I know what's right for me. And even when it appears to be wrong, I know that it's setting me up for something. Like, almost the wronger it gets, it's like the better thing (laughs) that it's setting me up for. So, like, even just having that knowing, like, shifts my whole perspective. So I'm not out here, like, stressed out. You know, not, not too much. But it's just, for the most part, I'm at peace. For the most part, I'm... I'm happy. Like, I'm not comparing myself to somebody else's journey. When I see somebody doing well, I cheer them on, and I know that that's only a glimpse of what's possible for me. So what what I've done with Spanish or, you know, it's anybody can do. Now, what people like to do is they say, okay, well, she's doing good with Spanish. I'm going to go start a Spanish company. Well, that's not your lane. Like, I'm not worried about you doing that or whatever. 
But if it's not something that you're really passionate about, like I'm passionate about making money, you know. <laughs> but if it's right, not right. something that you really are like passionate about, it's not gonna work. Yeah. Like you need to tap into yeah, your own gift because that's what attracts people. And everybody yes. has something about them. Like when I learned that people wanted me, it, it honestly doesn't matter if I'm teaching Spanish or not. Like that's just kind of. Yeah. That's just kind of the the front byproduct. Yeah, what they want is me. So let's let let's touch on that because my gift is being able to put together strategic partnerships, collaborations, bringing people together. So people have now heard your story. They're hearing about Ready for Spanish. What are some of the ways or some of the things that you would like to? manifest as far as people potentially working with you um so my thing for this year is i would really love to partner with more um schools organizations businesses um yes i do have ready for spanish which is the kids program but my adult program online spanish challenge we have a biz uh classes for busy adults my best-selling class is an online spanish challenge for healthcare professionals where i teach doctors nurses PAs, nurse practitioners, how to speak Spanish to connect with their patients. Like, I really dig into that language barrier in healthcare. I have a Spanish class for law enforcement. Those classes are my best-selling classes. Um, but Ready for Spanish, sign your kids up for Ready for Spanish. Become an affiliate for Ready for Spanish. So I'm, I believe that there's enough wealth for everybody. So instead of you saying, okay, I'm going to copy her. I'm going to start my own Spanish challenge. You don't have to do that. You can partner with me. You can collaborate. You can go to my website at the bottom. It says become an affiliate. Fill that out. You will get a link. If you promote it and people sign up, you will get 50% commission recurring. Oh, hold on now. Hold on. I'm going to have to put, put this on the, on the IG. You're going to have hold to put it now. on the site. You know, because <laughs> for me, it's already done. Like, there's no yeah. more work for me to do. So 50% more is more for zero. If you already have a right. huge following, if you have um, things that you do with kids, if you are a teacher, if you are, you know, a superintendent in the district, I don't know what the law, I don't know what the rules are, right? Like, don't let me <laughs> make you lose your good job. But um, everybody is an influencer to somebody. Make yeah, make some money, and and I'm an so, I'm an affiliate for for products. So like when we talk about like wealth, I mean I don't want to go away, but those are some ways that you can partner with me. I will do custom things for people for the right price. Like I am a a a, a wealth of skill. How kids learn a second language, how kids learn. I'm a teacher. Like I love to do that. Um, so contact me. I have a personal site where I share like more of my journey, LeeShondaFitzgerald.com. I coach people. I consult. Um, so if you're like, okay, I have this thing, I have this idea, I'm great at, okay, well, how can we turn this idea into a thing? Because the thing that you want to turn it into has never been done before. So like you are creating your path. So you have to, I have the ability to see things that aren't here. And that's honestly what it is. Everything that's on this planet right now 
was not here, you know, 25,000 years ago. <laughs> it's all new. Right. And the thing that's going to be here next year might not be here today, but you have to create space for that to be here. And sometimes we do need a little more hand-holding. So I do offer that, you know, too, if people want to connect with me. Now, I'm not going to do the work for you, and it's not my my responsibility to hold on to your dream. But I know that you can do it. I agree. And I'm excited because I know this conversation is going to bless so many people uh, who have those followings, and, and maybe they're not necessarily receiving uh, the type of compensation that they're looking for. This is an opportunity to have a, a, a piece of equity of sort it is. Uh, with the affiliate, you know, affiliate marketing. That, to me, that's equity. So I, I look forward to people reaching out and, and being part of your network and bringing those additional, you know, additional funds into their life. I'm really excited about it. Definitely. Uh, what are your final thoughts for entrepreneurs, investors, out there who are on their journeys uh what are some final thoughts that you may have for them um for me it's just like trust yourself and be open like that's that's really all that i can say just make way for new opportunities now like even if i find myself getting frustrated um law of attraction for me is big i talk about it a lot i take a step back i take a deep breath and i say okay I'm hustling too hard or I'm struggling. Like the goal is for me to remove all struggle. Like I, the, the struggle is dead. And I, I kind of feel like I'm back at that same place where I was, where I was like, I don't want to be poor. Now I'm like, I don't want to, I don't want to struggle. So I know like that struggle free and that's what everything, that's me being frustrated. That's me being irritated. That's me looking for my, remote and can't find it you know so I always like take a step back and I say you know I know that God can bring this to me in the easiest fastest way and I leave it at that and know that it's done and the opportunities that have come to me from that shift have just been amazing LaShana Fitzgerald thank you so much for coming on the Black Equity Podcast I know there's a lot more uh, big things that are coming your way. So the doors are open as those opportunities come and you want to come back on the podcast to discuss uh, opportunities for the culture. I look forward to having those conversations with you. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. We are truly grateful for today's guest. If you are interested in becoming an approved Black Equity Strategic Partner with this company or one in the past, simply send us an interest inquiry to the following email, djm at djmotri.com. Once again, djm at djmotri.com. Let us know your name, your company, your services, and which guests you are interested in partnering with. As an approved partner, you will have exclusive access to our network and have first opportunity at future partnerships as well. Thank you for tuning in and be sure to join us on the next episode of the Black Equity Podcast.